Welcome back to all of you beautiful people. Glad you are joining us for another week and a new episode. If you're joining us for the first time, strap in for everything sports and entertainment. This is End of Regulation. But before, let's go ahead and break down the individuals who are in the stew with me tonight. Best in the biz, live from Richmond. Dr. Wells, how we do this? good to be back it's uh it's an exciting time right now for sports the nfl playoffs are up college basketball is back watching a great game right now between iowa and north carolina so just uh it's a good time for sports right now it's a good time it's a good time all righty well next up live from jupiter florida harry douglas how we do this kid what's up what's up what's up um miami had a nice comeback tonight tom 18 point comeback versus purdue Miami basketball could be pretty legit. Just saying, watch out for him. Chris okay. likes his uh, first team all, all ACC. Uh, gee, other than that, watching the this just absolute ass game between the Cowboys and the Ravens. Post-COVID, Lamar looks all right, though. Yeah, well, when you got you some see, time. Uh, Dez, Dez tested positive for coronavirus. During the warm-ups. Wow. Unbelievable. So I was there's, a lot of, there's definitely a lot of people sick. I think no. Uh, yeah, said, no, no. Seriously, I was just looking. Hey, hold on. on Twitter no, hold on. Like, we, we haven't introduced you yet. Hold on. Uh, live oh. from Tennessee, Brent Turnigan. <laughs> uh, what up? <laughs> Back to the point. <laughs> on that note, um, there's a bunch of shit going around Twitter right now, like pictures of Dez like hugging everyone in the Cowboys organization. Oh, you know, no. In pregame. Hopefully yeah, yeah. Jerry Jones. I'm hoping you made out with Jerry Jones. So uh, I wish you'd make out with Tom Brady and his kids. But uh, they uh, for sexual reasons, not not for COVID reasons. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, so yeah, that, that's gonna that's gonna be a thing. Uh, COVID is gonna be the the Cowboys are gonna be the next team with uh, with a large breakout following the you know Titans, Ravens, etc. And the rest of the NFL. Well, boys, what a uh, opening little introduction there. Let's go ahead and cue the music and get things started. All right, ladies and gentlemen, all you beautiful people, we've got a loaded agenda here for you tonight. As always, we're going to talk a little open forum. We've got some debate topics, some stuff that we want to bring up. We got college basketball, college football, NFL, and then we'll wrap things up with some buzzer beaters. So might as well start where we said we would with some open forum questions, some ideas, some conspiracies, some thoughts. And I'll start with the mystery of the monolith. Um, for those of you who've been living under a rock, there have been structures, physical structures appearing all over the world. And um, the first was in Utah, followed by Romania. There's two that have been found in California and most recently, recently one in Britain. So want to hear your guys' thoughts on this and uh, let's get crazy with it. You know, no holding back. Let's play devil's advocate. Let's, uh, Let's dip our toes in, so to say. Um, I'm just going to come out and say it. This is Shia LaBeouf is behind this. 
I mean, I was, uh, Shia LaBeouf written all over it. To your to your point, like I I love the fact that and good good on them. All the conspiracy theorists that jump on this and are like, oh, these are communication posts, you know, from life forms and aliens. No, <clears throat> somebody planted this art piece in a crevasse in Utah, and they've now found actually from satellite imagery that it was planted there in 2016. But no one ever mentioned anything of it because of how dangerous it is to get there. And, of course, they post the video of those, uh, you know, uh, forest rangers or park rangers finding it. And next thing you know, the sheep, the sheep counters. Yeah, exactly. And then there's hundreds of people coming for TikToks and Twitters. It was shortly taken down after. But what's interesting about this is that, like, somebody in Utah did this. And then somebody in Romania and somebody in California and somebody in Britain was like, fuck it. I'm in. I'm going to build a 12-foot monolith and just plant it somewhere. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's 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 not a bunch of different people. It's for sure like some uber-rich person, whether it's Shia LaBeouf or not, which it definitely is, but someone with the resources of somebody like Shia LaBeouf, you know, who's like doing this, like as obviously he's got it, and he's got one person would be Because it's not one it. person. You know what I mean? Like he's got to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm Shia LaBeouf is not fucking making these in his garage and going out and planting them around the world. But well, I know what I'm saying. It would be the craziest conspiracy. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's not the dumbest thing he's ever done. In in 2020, I'm convinced that it's aliens. Like aliens are gonna end. Like they're gonna send us out with a bang in 2020. Well, dude, they the the one in Utah or somewhere someone went and knocked it down and uh a lot of them have already been taken down and disappeared it was it was nothing more than like plywood wood basically made into a box and covered in sheet sheet metal so no that shit is not from aliens it's a decoy they want you to think that it was (laughs) man-made yeah just like the pyramids they're gonna come back and be like yeah you you like those well now we got sheet metal motherfucker how about this um, well, I, I think can't wait probably... for whatever's in the pyramids to come out when these when these aliens decide to. Come All right, back so so let's talk about that. Uh, you know, my next point here is what is the Galactic Federation? I don't know if you guys have uh, really dug deep into the news recently, but there was an article released about a former Israeli space security chief uh, who says aliens not only exist but that humanity is not ready for them. He is retired. A current, he's a current professor. But he served as the head of Israeli space security for 30 years, and he received three honors. So the guy is not necessarily by any means a whack job. And he has stated that who, that humans have been keeping it a secrecy because of the fact that we're completely unprepared. Now, it gets a little bit wacky here, so strap in. He states that there is a peace treaty that has been signed between the Galactic Federation and the United States. There's a base on Mars with both alien and human representatives, and he's stating all of this to be true. Now, Wait, can, who is this guy? Uh, he is a former uh, Israeli general, and now he is a professor. His name is Haim Eshed. You don't know him. He went to a different school. Yeah. <laughs> this, this sounds like Steve Carell in his Space Force Netflix show. Dude, I, I yeah, but but it's I, real I, life, well, and, it, and I agree. But listen, fast. Fast forward. In 2019, Trump created the Space Force, which was the fifth branch of military. Apparently, 
he was going to blow the lid off of all of this. <laughs> but the Galactic Federation shut it down to avoid mass hysteria amongst the world of individuals who were not prepared for alien life form. Are they the ones behind the votes in Michigan? <laughs> Probably, but this story is incredible. And if you're not for it, then then fuck you. Um, so so I'm I'm with you 100 percent, Harry. I'm a little skeptical about humans and aliens like sitting at cubicles together in an in a underground facility on Mars. But I 110 percent believe that these motherfuckers, if not have already landed, have been here are coming continuously back here. Like, dude, this story sounds... talked. This story talked about like cargo ships loading stuff onto alien ships and providing information and intelligence. And I mean, if the, the, you have ever seen, if you've ever drugs. seen any movie ever created about aliens, this is literally a way for them to enslave the entire human race. It sounds like they're nice, that they're they're cooperative and civilized aliens though i mean they if they're probably like, feel terrible for us they're they're probably like these guys need some work COVID? do you think no. they can get COVID? no they, they, can't. Probably no, they, can't. they probably sent COVID. maybe that's why they're not coming <laughs> they're like well we put our monolith down we were gonna swing down say hi but we don't want to get COVID, so they're just staying away i don't know all jokes aside this is uh it's pretty crazy. I think what we should focus on is that the government and media outlets and journalists have continued to lay out these crumbs throughout the entirety of COVID, showing us like, hey, aliens are here and they exist. And everybody's just like, yeah, but, you know, there's a pandemic going on. So maybe we come back to it like it's being completely overlooked. Yeah, there's certainly more like there's been more concrete evidence in the past six months about the existence of aliens and videos of UFOs and whatnot um, than there have been in the entirety of my lifetime. So uh, uh, things are looking pretty it's looking more convincing than ever that we'll like have confirmation that aliens exist in the next couple Dude, months. There were, here. there were four generals apparently, that were involved with Roswell. Three out of the four have come forward and said, oh, yeah, we went ahead and got some, like, fake materials, some wood and some, you know, sheet metal and all that crap and made it look like it was a balloon crashing. Like, we straight up collected stuff, we studied it, we shipped it to a base, and, you know, it's sitting wherever it is, Area 51 or Fort Knox or wherever. But... <clears throat> your ass what I, what i'm more curious about is like it, it's clear that a lot of people know that aliens exist so why not just blow the lid off of it there's something more that isn't being said and i'd love to know that and and i don't know who's going to give us those answers but maybe tom will in the lab maybe i i think the maybe the immediate answer might be mass hysteria i don't think the world could handle aliens right now i think they're right if that's if that's the case I think they're right. Earth we're we're, we're in the right midst now. of mass hysteria. Yeah, the last thing I need is like aliens right now, honestly. What if they can make everything better, Tom? If they got the vaccine, they can sleep they can sleep in my house. Come on over. 
Bro, COVID's the least of our worst. Like, they might be able to fix, like, way cooler shit than COVID. Yeah, literally. So, 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 so Tom, that's so, that's so, uh, what's that, like, nearsighted? Doctoral of me? No, like, you're thinking so, like, inside the box. Think about, like, what, like, they clearly can travel <laughs> to other planets. So, maybe we could use them or have them help us get to other planets where we like, can then Tom, start new civilization. What if they are the answer and solution for creating more seamlessness when we play video games? Yeah, what if they internet. what if they bring better bandwidth? What if they bring better internet? So the scary thing I've just realized is that you guys essentially just described Elon Musk in a nutshell. <laughs> well there you so go. So is, is Elon, Elon Musk, Musk one of them? An alien. <laughs> Hell yeah. I think we just debunked that one. Yeah, and he's yeah. also the second richest person in the world, so good for him. Elon Musk is an alien, yeah. 100%. All right. Um, um, let's uh, I, let's get some more serious things, unless you've got some in Brent. No, I was going to say, I was I'm pretty excited to just talk about aliens the entire time, but we should get into some sports. <laughs> I mean, look, we, we, can, we can watch YouTube videos and stuff online. Whack the videos. <laughs> Uh, talk about euthanasia all day long, but let's let's move on. Uh, we promised you guys college basketball and college football. We've got uh, just a little bit on college b-ball, seeing as the season is just really kicked off. Um, so I'm going to kick it over to Tom to talk about top five rankings, predictions, what he's liking so far. So as of right now, uh, Gonzaga is the cream of the crop. They have talent everywhere. And it's one of the most impressive basketball teams I've seen in a long time. Uh, Coach Mark Few is just, you know, he's always a winner. And this year, you know, they played some big games. They beat Kansas already. Uh, Dealing with a COVID issue, but I think Gonzaga is your number one team. Uh, Number two, I'm going Iowa. They are laying it to North Carolina right now. Uh, Up 10 with a minute and a half left. Just shooting the lights out. Uh, this Iowa team is someone to look out for, especially with uh, Luca Garza. You guys seen Luca play yet? Yes. He is. I, I have not, but anybody a, named Luca is probably going to uh, have a pretty big set of shoes to fill. Yeah, uh, he's a pretty he's he's a pretty big dude. He's he looks like he could play for the Iowa basketball or football team. Probably a defensive lineman, but he's a center and just a force. Um, aside from that right now, I think Michigan state is probably one of the most complete teams and the rest can kind of fall into place. You know, Kansas Baylor, um, who else? One team I do want to shout out though, is the Richmond spiders who are a team full of seniors, a team full of depth that recently knocked off Kentucky and, um, should hold down the a 10 this year. So keep an eye out for them. You know, I'm going to have to go full homer with you and just say that uh, the Tennessee Volunteer Basketball Team, preseason ranking number 12 in the country, they've been fighting through some fucking serious COVID issues of their own and uh, actually had to cancel two games last week. Just opened up tonight, but this team's all about defense. They have players they can count on to score when needed, but uh, uh, I'm not going to lie, I've, I've never been more impressed defensively by a college team than I was tonight, right off the bat, especially just the backcourt. And that's what Tennessee is going to be all about this year. They had a transfer from Oregon a couple of years ago, Victor Bailey Jr. He was a pretty, I think he was an all Pac-12 player before he transferred to Tennessee. And he sat last year and now he's uh, he's starting there in the backcourt alongside three five-star guards, 
John Fulkerson, who was SEC Player of the Year last year, and Eves Ponds, who was Defensive Player of the, the Year last year. And uh, they're just even better on defense. The the five, the young guards there uh, were all over the place tonight. And uh, I think Tennessee shoot up and pretty quick. Harry, what are your thoughts on Miami sustaining the so uh, said success? You think they're going to have? Uh, yeah, they're pretty. Le- they're they're legit. I haven't admittedly haven't watched them a ton yet this year. Uh, Purdue is a really good test. They're in that ACC Big Ten uh, shoot or uh, what do they call it? Uh, the shootout? Yeah, uh, about, right. Yeah, whatever it is. It's it's ACC and Big Ten just have a bunch, essentially like a round robin. Um, and they were the first game to tip off, but yeah, they had an 18 point comeback versus them, um, which is not easy to do. Purdue is always, you know, a competitive team and, and Miami were just, they return a lot of guys. Uh, so that they've got a couple of veterans like the, like Chris likes who I mentioned before we started, who's the, uh, he's a third year point guard, um, first team, all ACC. They got a couple good recruits as well. So, you know, I, again, I haven't watched a ton of them, but, uh, they should be able to put up a pretty competitive team that, that should make the tournament this year. Well, there you have it, ladies and gents. That is our little snapshot of college basketball. Obviously, we will keep you in tune as the season progresses. Um, but let's go ahead and push onwards to college football. I've laid out the top 10 rankings here. Um, I figure it would probably be best suited in terms of time to uh, just run down the top five. And anybody outside of that bubble, you know, go ahead and uh, and knock. But we'll go ahead and um, just start with the obvious one here, sitting at number one, which is Alabama. Tom, I'd love to hear from you or Shakes or Grimes, um, you know, your thoughts on Bama and the rest of the season and, and these teams that kind of are falling shortly behind them. Bama's, Bama's going to have two Heisman finalists this year. In Mac Jones and uh, what's his name, Devonte Smith. Yeah. Yes, sir. Devonte Smith had an absolute unbelievable game last week. Um, I mean, he's versus, he's versus a complete stud. He's, he's a freak. Yeah. Mac Mac Jones is a pretty awesome story. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, it's hard. Like, I mean, I, as a Tennessee fan, Alabama is my least favorite team. Obviously, I'm tired of seeing my least favorite team have a dynasty, but. Uh, Mac Jones looks super impressive, and, you know, there's been a lot of hype around a lot of guys, you know, for a long time, from Jalen Hurts to Tua, then this kid Bryce Young, who's a little bit younger than Mac Jones, but, uh, man, he doesn't give a shit, it would appear, and uh, he's got the Crimson Tide unbeaten and scoring more points than ever, throwing more long passes downfield than ever, and... uh, you know, give this kid the Heisman. He looks, he looks good. He's going to earn himself a top 10 draft pick. Yeah. I mean, the real thing to talk about in these rankings at this point, I mean, everything's pretty much as you would expect. Um, the only thing really that's like the biggest talking point is, is Ohio state who I think is certainly from a, a talent standpoint, a team that should be in the playoff, but Granted that they've only played four games, their game this weekend versus Michigan was just canceled. They probably won't even play in the Big Ten uh, championship um, due to some of the the parameters put in place that you need to play at least six games to even qualify for the championship. Um, But, you know, curious what your guys thoughts are. You know, should Ohio State be in the playoff? Um, If if not, who do you think should should fill their shoes? 
or excuse me, fill, fill their spot in the, in the fourth spot because I think Alabama and Notre Dame and Clemson is pretty pretty unanimous at this point. Yeah, I think uh, it's pretty set in stone now that Notre Dame and Clemson are playing in the ACC championship. And the only real stir-up could be if Notre Dame wins in the ACC championship, and now Clemson's a two-loss team. But if you have two losses to the number two team in the country, I don't see really anybody else jumping them. They might move down to fourth. But again, even given Ohio State, it seems like it's it's their playoff spot to lose. And I think Michigan is honestly just canceling this game on purpose to, in, in spite of Ohio State. Like, I've got, I've Harbaugh, got some Harbaugh doesn't want to get waxed again. You know, he's not going to stop Ohio State this year. I mean, there's a reason Ohio State has been laying the hammer, averaging 40, 50, 60 points a game this year. And it's because they know they have to. They don't have an option other than to show everybody how nasty they are, how they have talent at every position on the field. And they've, you know, they've, they've been fun to watch. They've even been better to bet on uh, if you're into that kind of thing. But, yeah, in, in the event that Ohio State gets bounced, um, you want to talk about other contenders. A&M sitting at five, Florida at six. Uh, Florida does have a win over Texas A&M. Um, which is interesting. And frankly, I think Florida is just playing better ball right now. A&M doesn't impress me a ton. Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts, another team that very well could have two Heisman candidates. Um, a fun team to watch. I think their defense is starting to come together. And, you know, that offense is good for 40 a game too. So if if there was to be somebody to sneak in, I think it'll be Florida with an SS, SEC championship appearance. Here's here's my take on uh, the teams outside of Alabama. Obviously, all of this exists in a world where Alabama goes undefeated, including the SEC championship game win. But um, let's say let's say Clemson does lose to Notre Dame. Uh, they're currently two and three in the standings, right? Let's say Clemson does lose to Notre Dame in the ACC championship game. That's two losses to Notre Dame. There's no way that the College Football Playoff Committee leaves uh, Clemson at number three, which would then make then face off with Notre Dame for a third time in the semifinal, right? So they're they're not going to let that matchup happen, in my opinion. They would do anything to like keep that from happening. And at that point, the same on the same coin, if at that point Ohio State's played five, what five or six games, I don't think there's enough in the cards for the committee to say, all right, well, in Clemson's place, we'll bump them up to three and Clemson to four. So I think in that scenario, someone like Florida bumps up. You know, Florida probably gets in there to the three or four spot, followed by someone like probably Clemson at four or Ohio State. And then obviously, next thing you know, Florida goes and loses the SEC championship game. And there's a there's a real shot like Texas A&M is not a very impressive team, in my opinion. Uh, I've never been impressed by Kellen Mond, even though he gets a ton of hype. They do have some good players. Sure. Some big wide receivers and a good young running back. But in my opinion, I mean, there's a real chance that Cincinnati sneaks in here just the way, by the way the cookie is going to crumble here with a few of the top teams, you know, bound to face off. Shakes, I'm so happy you made that comment about Kellen Mond. I, I feel, I, I don't know what <laughs> it is about that guy. He and I don't know what is it is about garbage. Texas A&M, but they are like the most, like watch, I've watched him play a couple of times this year now. And watching them play is like the most unimpressive thing. Like it just seems like they just kind of like, I don't really know what it is. It doesn't seem like there's ever like a, a, a an actual offense it's kind of just like all right hike the ball to kellen mond he's going to kind of run around um 
somehow evade sacks and, and tackles and, and he's going to make a, a weird completion downfield. He, he's, he's a super poor man's like Baker Mayfield, you know, where it's, yeah. Like, it yeah, looks exactly. like he's doing a ton, but he's, he's really the worst player on the team somehow. If only Tennessee could like, you know, show up and win a football game <laughs> next, <Surely. laughs> uh, yeah. next week to, uh, you know, to kind of bounce them out of the conversation, but you know, I wouldn't count on that. <laughs> no, no, I want to, <laughs> and I'm not. I want, I want to get everybody's thoughts really quickly. On Gardner, you're muted. Uh, I want to get everybody's thoughts quickly on the BYU Coastal Carolina game, which, in my opinion, was one of the more like exciting. Like I was hyped for this game. Just, are, are you talking you know, about mullets versus Mormons? That's yes. the one. That's the one, dude. Hot, hottest thing shirts, since Catholic versus convicts. That shirt, those shirts were pure gold. I want to get. I, I actually want to buy one for myself. That'll be my Christmas present to myself. Or Brent, you can get it for me. No, I'm good. All right, or I figured I'm out. I'm just so glad that uh, okay, BYU lost because BYU was just getting so much. Uh, I mean, they were they were getting a fair amount of hype, and people were complaining about where they were ranked. And, I mean, Coastal's not a team that's going to jump into the top 10 by any means. No, no. Uh, but but now we can just eliminate BYU from the whole playoff argument. Like, all right, like, you had your fun. You guys are beating up on whoever out west where, you know, the recruits might not be the greatest. And you're 24, 25-year-olds playing up against a bunch of 18, 19-year-olds. So pat yourselves on the back, but uh, take a seat, guys. Hey, uh, just so before we move on to the NFL um... – I'm putting this on the record. Tennessee loses out to Texas A&M and Vanderbilt. They go two and eight. Fire Jeremy Pruitt the same year they gave him an extension. They hire Hugh Freeze from Liberty, and boom, there it is. Rest boom, is history. Boom, dynamite. Boom, dynamite. Harry, uh, don't forget that say, uh, you got to be pretty yeah. stoked about the U being in the top ten there at eight and one. Yeah, it seems. I mean, they've got a tough game this weekend versus UNC. Um, that's going to be a shootout, no doubt. UNC's got a very high-powered offense. Um, Miami just put up 48 points against Duke, which is not really saying all that much, but 48 to zero is obviously a very convincing win. Um, they'll they'll be playing in a in a New Year's uh, what the New Year's Six Bowls, New Year's Six Bowls, New Year's Six Balls, I think. Balls. Uh, yeah, this rolls off the tongue really nicely, and. Uh, so they're yeah they're in great shape. I think Florida still has to play LSU, who isn't much, and then they play Alabama. So Florida's going to be a two-loss team um, when it's all said and done, unless they can pull off an upset over Alabama. It's going to be the last week of the season, so that's a huge game. Um, you know, I I think they can probably jump Georgia with a win over North Carolina, considering North, uh, Georgia's a two-loss team. Um, and so I have no reason to you know no reason to believe that Miami can't finish in like the top seven top six area. Georgia also uh for what it's worth Georgia absolutely does not uh pass the eye test so like they're, nope. they're just straight up not in the conversation anymore yeah you know? yeah so this is gonna be the best finish Miami's had yeah. as a program probably in geez um since like 2002 long time We're long most long of my time. life yeah yeah um, all right, well, let's move on to NFL, uh, week 13 in review, and we've got week 14 preview, if we can get to it. But let's just sort of talk playoff picture here. Um, I've jotted down divisions and the teams. 
as well as their records. And we can kind of break down and talk about whether or not we think getting closer to this playoff time of year, who is a pretender and who is a contender. So obviously with the Saints and the Chiefs both clinching the playoffs, we've got really the AFC making, in my opinion, the most noise, uh, with the exception of the Steelers. So I wanted to talk Bills, Dolphins, Pats with you guys. Um, and I, I guess I'll turn it over to Tom to start with the 6-6 six and six Pats. All I'm going to say is don't let us win one. The same mindset of the 2004 Boston Red Sox. Backs against the wall. Don't let us win one. You guys, you, you know, New look York at Harry's, guys. Look at Harry's smirk. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't like that. Listen, listen. I think it's safe Bro, to say. Bro, you're not going to make the playoffs. Take it easy, Stop. right? You're not hey, going to hey. make the fucking playoffs. Let me, uh, let me speak my piece. I will prelude this by saying we do need a lot of help. Uh, the Browns seem to have one, the first wild card locked up, pending an absolute meltdown from Pittsburgh in the next few weeks. But it looks like they're getting in. And we got to hop the Colts at 8-4, and four, the Raiders at, what are they at, 7-5? and five? Raiders are up there somewhere. Raiders and, are kind of irrelevant. And, and then we have the Bills and the Dolphins in our way, too. And we still have um, three divisional playoffs. games left. It's, we're not going to win the division. But I think it's, it's possible we hop Miami. It's possible we hop whoever is second best in the AFC South. And then all we're really going to need is a little help from the Colts to, uh, to lose. Because I don't think we can beat the Titans. I would much rather play the Colts. Tom, I'm going to say this. If you can't beat the, the Titans. We know Pats that. The Pats have a chance of making the playoffs. The Giants and the Washington football team have a chance of making the playoffs. Well, yeah, that's a true statement, Garner. So thank if, you very much. If uh, if the Pats make the playoffs, the Giants are going to win the Super Bowl. Let's just put it that way. Fair enough. Look, look all I'm going to say is that Belichick is coming off his most impressive win of the year, 45 to nothing ass-kicking of the Los Angeles Chargers. I know they're a terrible football team, but they yeah, put up was... tons of points. There's a reason that Justin Herbert is probably going to win the rookie of the year now, and it's because of what he does no, on he offense. Ain't. And we blank Justin, Justin Jefferson has that locked up, first of all. There's an argument to be impressed made. by the Pats. They look much like they look exactly like what Harry was describing, Kellen Bond and the Texas A&M offense. Uh, just extremely unimpressive. Uh, Cam Newton sucks. Uh, the Pats suck on offense. And <laughs> we know they cannot beat the Titans because the Titans just beat them last year in the playoffs with Tom Brady on the team. So... End of discussion. They are not making the playoffs. Have the Titans lost two in a row? No. How many not. How they've many wins one. in a row did the, the Titans have? They've they've lost one game, not two in a row. Nice try. Well, well, well let's let's take it over to you, Brent. Let's hear uh, your thoughts on the Titans sitting at eight and four in the AFC South, uh, tied with the Colts at eight and four. Um, what are you thinking here? Titans just lost to Baker Mayfield. Uh, the Titans did just lose to Baker Mayfield. However, um, it's more of a story of the just the little things that happen in like the course of a football game. There were honestly 
the worst thing that happened was two horrible decisions back-to-back by Mike Rabel early, early in the game. Uh, one, they went for it on fourth down, terrible call, um, right after a terrible third down call. As a matter of fact, they did not get the fourth down call. Um, Derrick Henry fell down on the line base, and, I mean, it was pretty clear that they couldn't possibly overturn that, and Rabel lets the challenge flag go um, right after that. Uh, the Browns go down and score, kind of punch us in the mouth. And then the very next possession, Henry fumbles uh, in their territory and they go down and score. So like right right off the bat, within honestly five minutes of game span, just stupid couple stupid ass plays and stupid ass decisions. And then you, you put yourself in a hole. But um, that's happened twice this season, as a matter of fact. Uh, the other time, notably, like I said before we hopped on here, was to the Steelers. And honestly, I would, I'm usually plenty pessimistic as a football fan or any sports fan. But uh, every time the Titans have been down by a lot, even to good teams or Baker Mayfield, um, they've shown they can come back and make a game of it. And uh, I think in the playoffs, you know, with heightened senses and Mike Rabel, you know, probably taking these learning experiences and making the best out of them, they don't let this shit happen again. And so I'm just not worried about them. Um, their offense is made for situations like that. I mean, the ground game is so good that even when you're down, even, I mean, they were down 30 points, I think 37 at one time. And uh, they were still grounding and pounding it and playing their brand of football. They didn't really alter the course and start throwing it deep, but everyone also loves to talk about how the, the offense is completely centered around Henry can't do anything without him. Uh, I mean, Ryan Tannehill proved once again, just like he did in the Steelers game, that he can put the team on his back, too. He threw for like 350 yards and three touchdowns. Um, so, so anyways, the, they're, the, they're, they're made for the long run. The Titans are sitting at eight and four. They've got four games left. I'm projecting that they, they probably go three and one in those four. I was just about to say they'll lose possibly to the Packers, but beat the Texans, take down the, the Lions and, and the Jags, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um do you think that they are a contender or a pretender come playoffs? Uh, they're a contender. For me, they're a contender because um, if, if if they do that, uh, they, they hold the tiebreaker with the Colts right now because they have the better division um, conference record. Um, and assuming the Colts finish with the 3-1 record, record themselves and the Titans get the four seed, um, I mean, they're, it just, to me, They've, they've got the game basically to go beat the Steelers if needed. They proved last year that they can hang uh, with the Chiefs. Um, they were up on the Chiefs going into the half last year in the AFC Championship game. And, you know, obviously with a few adjustments and you lock down Travis Kelsey a little bit. I mean, I, obviously, I think they're, they're contenders for sure. I think we'll see Titans in the AFC Championship game again. Heard that. All right. Well, let's uh, discuss a team that you brought up, which is probably going to be one of the uh, – more lengthy debates, probably even not. It might even be short, uh, depending on your guys' feelings. But let's talk about the Steelers sitting at 11 and two. They just took their first loss of the season to Alex Smith and the Washington Football Team. Is this team capable of continuing their success and being a playoff contender, or have we just seen a pretender this whole season? Uh, they've, I mean, they've been healthier. At times, uh, they they obviously have a strength to their team, which is their defense. They lead the league in sacks. They lead the league in basically every fucking defensive category there is, uh, which is super helpful, especially when your uh, offense is run deficient, which they are. And, 
I mean, they basically rely on the horizontal passing game, an extension of the run game because they can't actually run the football. And uh, Ben Roethlisberger gets the ball out of his hands. But obviously, Washington came into this game yesterday uh, or the day before, rather, with, you know, a plan to lock down those short little passes and make uh, the Steelers run the football. They couldn't do it. And I mean, really, I, I think they're definitely they're they're not the most impressive. What what are they? Eleven and one team, twelve and one team I've ever yeah. seen. Yeah, they're, they're contender or contender. I'm gonna go pretender. Um, I, I think if they were a, a fully healthy team, they're more of a contender. You know, between some injuries to their offensive line, losing guys like Bud Dupree, Devin Bush, Joe Hayden's gonna go into concussion protocol. But Bud Dupree and Devin Bush started as their top two linebackers um, and, and and they're absolute freaks, you know, in terms of, of their ability Bush is a freak. Yeah. And, and losing those two guys is huge, huge losses. Um, there are a few you know, teams better than them right now. Yeah, exactly. So those guys are out for the season. Marquise Pouncey is out. Uh, Zach Banner on their O line uh, who, who really was more of like a backup guy, but you know, just from a depth perspective and then like, it seems like they're, their running game has kind of been they've gone away from it or, or maybe they aren't as confident in it but like from an offensive perspective outside of Ben Roethlisberger like and his inability to really extend plays with his feet um they've been good in the passing game I think if they could figure out a way to get the running game back up and running no pun intended uh that would be a huge help to them but I, I think they're a uh, pretender sitting at 11-1 They've got a kind of a tough stretch of games coming in. Uh, let's let me just pull this back up to see who they're playing. Um, they go, they play the Bills. You know, that's that's a tough game. With you know, I, I kind of expect them to lose Bills that game. Great last night. Um, I think the Bengals they'll beat considering it's the Bengals. I think they lose to the Colts, um, and then they play the Browns, who are kind of a hot team, and that's going to be a big game from a divisional they're, perspective. So probably two and two in that stretch. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So they'll finish still 13 and three, which is great. But I think I think they're very overvalued at this point. So I'm I'm going pretender for the for the Steelers. Most importantly, if they finish 13 and three, they've probably given up home field advantage to the Chiefs, and they're not going to beat Kansas yep. City. Yeah, Kansas City. Right. Del- Delusional right. Thomas, pretender or contender? <laughs> um, I'm buy- I'm buying the Steelers. I think what you guys said, a lot of what you said, were right. It, they're an overvalued team right now. Uh, which is why I took them, uh, or sorry, I took the football team money line last night. Had a good little night, and uh, but I think a big reason of that is exactly what Harrison said. They've sort of strayed away from the run, and I mean, frankly, James Conner went down with COVID, and if there's anybody in the NFL who should take it easy when coming back from COVID, it's it's probably cancer survivor James Conner. So if they can get him healthy again, get him back out on the field. Um, you know, they've, they've built themselves a, a good enough cushion to where they don't really need to grind it out right now. They just need to steady the ship. And I'm not discounting last night as a huge upset. Like, I know it's the skins, but if you've been watching the skins as much as I have lately, that defense is legit. They are for real. They're completely bought into Riverboat Ron. Alex Smith is the, you know, the story of the year in the NFL. There's a lot of good things going on with the Washington football team right now. And it, frankly, it's about goddamn time because it's been at least since before I was born, since the Skins have been a decent football team. It's still and, the uh, Washington Redskins. Yeah, the football though, team. I mean, they're tied in the division right now. Yeah, I mean, 
So let's uh, quickly talk about that, Harry, because this is another team that had a, a major win uh, this past weekend, and that's the Giants at 5-7. and seven. Uh, Both of these teams sitting atop the NFC East. What are we thinking here, Harry? Uh, obviously, the Giants are by no means a playoff contender, but what do you think the rest of the season is looking like for them? It's a tough one. Uh it's really, it's it's really, really tough. The Giants, what a great win versus the Seahawks, first of all. Um, unbelievable. And, and and it's really their defense. And I think Pete Carroll even said that, like, he was shocked at, at how dominant their defense is. And it's, it's awesome. And, and I think that's what they've been trying to build for the longest time. But getting guys like Logan Ryan, James Bradbury, Jabril Peppers in the secondary has is, is been a huge help because – the defensive line was kind of bound to come around at some point um, with guys like Dexter Lawrence, Dalvin Tomlinson, uh, Leonard Williams, who's been an absolute freak of nature as of late. Um, so it's great to see. But, I mean, we, we play the Cardinals, who are reeling a little bit, but I kind of expect the Cardinals to find their groove uh, again soon. Uh, it's going to be a home game. I don't know if that even matters. Um, but then we play the Browns, and that's a tough test. Then we play the Ravens, and and – Although Lamar can't throw the ball to save his fucking life, which is <laughs> what I'm watching on the TV right now, uh, it's it's certainly not a guaranteed win. And then we play the Cowboys, and that's a guaranteed win because they fucking suck. Um, so they could probably go two and two in that stretch. And then to compare them to Washington and who they have left, they play the 49ers, who are who are still pretty depleted from injuries and COVID and whatnot. Then Niners they play stink. Then they, they play Seattle, and I think Seattle's going to win that game. Uh, I think Seattle's not going to – they're certainly not going to take the Redskins lightly after after taking pri- probably taking the Giants a little bit lightly. And then they play the Panthers. You never know what you're going to get out of the Panthers. Um, that's probably going to be a win for Washington. And then they play the Eagles. And, again, another team, who knows where you're going to go with the Eagles now that Jalen Hurts is a starter. Uh, sh- um, shit, that's, that's what you're going to get with the Eagles. They, they suck, too. So, shit. I think the Giants go, I like it's gonna be the, it's gonna be like the Giants are gonna go two and two, the skins are gonna go three and one, and the skins are gonna get into the playoffs and, and then and that's how Giants football goes. We just talked about the skins entirely too long. Well we we were talking about the Giants and then we we bled into the skins a little bit. Um skins are nice, dude. But um don't yeah, hit, let's don't hit my uh my in law football team. Yeah, let's I'm, uh marry the skins fandom. Let's walk down to the second half of this, NFC West, North, and South. Um, I'll go ahead and just pick three teams that are sitting uh, um, atop their divisions right now, and I'll rattle them off to you guys, and you just yell out pretender or contender. Um, so we'll start off with the 8-4 and four Rams. Contender. Go to war on that pick. Well, let's hear what the other cats have to say, and then you can go to war. Uh, I'm going to say contender, but only because I think everyone in the NFC is a pretender. Um, right. So that, that means that everyone is actually a contender as well. <laughs> Harry? I, I like <laughs> the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm going to say pretender because I think Tom's an idiot. So we're just going to go. <laughs> All right. so. Thanks. Tom, I'll let you but go to work. Seriously, I, well, like, let's, let's I, talk about that. I, I agree with what Brent is saying in the sense that I don't really see uh, Kansas City Chiefs of the NFC. Like, there's right. there's not one team that's head and shoulders above everybody. And if you look at, you know, 
I know it's cliche, but defense wins championships. The Rams have, bar none, the best defense in the NFC, headlined by none other than Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. And when you have that sort of combination and you can really limit what other teams are going to do and game plan around two of probably the five best players at their position in the NFL, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's hard. And especially with somebody like Goff, I've spoken my my doubts on Jared Goff, but he's been shown, especially as of lately, that he can move the football. I think the Rams are probably my favorite in the NFC right now, and I've I, I feel good about that. You feel more confident about them than the Seahawks? Man, the Seahawks yeah. just lost to the Giants this weekend. They that, that's like I mean coming into coming into the season at home. Thought, at home. Right. The they're, Giants they're are more legit than you guys give them credit for. I know that Shut the up, Giants Harrison. defense is pretty good, but they're not supposed to be beating. Uh, you, you can't be taking losses at home to the Giants and consider yourself in the conversation for the conference. The, the problem is the Seahawks. The problem, their main problem is is their defense. It, it won't right. be able to hold up against really anyone from the AFC. Let alone, they probably can't hold up against most teams who are going to be in the playoffs from the NFC as well. Right. So, I mean, basically, you're looking at, in my opinion. The, the Packers are really the only like kind of clear cut. Hey, this this is a good football team. This team could beat anyone on any given day, as opposed to this team can be beaten on any given day. And I feel like the AFC has five of those teams, you know, like all the way down through the Bills and the Titans, the Steelers, the Chiefs, um, the, the, NFC, the NFC has one. And then after that, it's kind of any man's game. And even the one the Packers have looked extremely weak in recent history like when they go on the road and play football games you know it's obviously happened twice last year at san francisco there are few losses this year i mean it is what it is they can be beaten uh the nfc is going to be kind of uh honestly dealer's choice it feels like when you consider the saints you know the bucks they could come on the seahawks the cardinals could make a run like it is kind of wide open up there so let's talk about the bucks for a second at seven and five are they a pretender or a contender? I mean, you know, I my think they're answer. a contender because they have question. the best best player of all time on their team. But that so that's always going to make them a contender. But I think Bruce Arians is a big dumb dumb. Wow, <laughs> Brent Brent and I are aligned tonight. Bruce Arians is the fucking problem in Tampa Bay. That's, Correct. That's the only thing holding them from being. I, I honestly think that Bruce Arians could get fired at the end of this year. I know he'll get fired if they miss the playoffs. Um, I think they, that he could get fired if they don't win a playoff game. Harrison sounds borderline asthmatic over there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm like breathing into my mic, I guess. I don't know. I'm just watching Lamar Jackson just break ankles everywhere. Um, Hot and bothered by Lamar. Dude, the Bucks, the Bucks suck. Next. <laughs> next um all right well that's really all we've got for the nfl uh we talked a little bit about previews and reviews so unless you guys have anything to touch upon uh some of these teams outside of the bubble like the vikings and the cardinals feel free to jump in but i um, thinking we can wrap things up all righty great talk let's go uh, let's go ahead stuff. and close things out with uh buzzer beater tom Start us off, um, kid. I don't really have a ton that we didn't hit on tonight. That's the really, second really second happy. episode in a row. You've got nothing. I know. 
I uh, it's actually the third. I'm prepared. Third. I'm gonna, you know, I'll I'll uh, I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna sleep this one off. I'm gonna watch the tape in the morning and uh, see what I can do better next week. But uh, Figure follow out what us on I Twitter. Can follow follow us on Twitter for end of reg uh, for all of our picks. You know, I'm hot, I'm I'm hot right now. I'll start feeding everybody. Having a good night tonight. If you uh, guys like to eat, on the train. Tom will cook up some picks, and you're gonna eat, <laughs> eat, come come to Papa. All right, Harry. I know that you had something uh, pretty hot and heavy for us. You damn right. Did you guys have you guys seen my octopus teacher? <laughs> Wait, hold on. What? I've heard, I've heard the name, but no. No, I haven't met her. Have you guys seen the documentary called My Octopus Teacher on Netflix? No. Oh my god, especially for you, like it's it's fucking it's pretty incredible. Go watch oh, it. Oh dude, I, I've seen the preview. It's this dude this. who like all right, I'm going to give a quick synopsis. It's this dude who, like, kind of, like, loses... He starts, like... He starts kind of, like, lose, like, a sense of purpose in life. Uh, he lives in South Africa. Relatable. And uh, he goes into the water, which is six degrees life. Celsius. He goes into the water every single day, and he, and he pretty much hangs out with this octopus that he becomes friends with. And just, like, it just lives... Essentially lives with it. Like, dives down every single time into this kelp forest and just kind of watches it and observes it. It's incredible... If you're the type of person who partakes in the pots and pans, talking marijuana, so uh, yeah. I'd, I'd definitely suggest taking some of that and then diving into Word. this, into this so, show. Dude, right. octopuses, still, octopuses are, are, no, are no joke. Dude, they they're are, so cool. They're so wicked cool. smart. They're also Honestly, really, they, really mean. They are, the, like, they are the best proof we have of aliens existing, in my opinion. Uh, Correct. 110%. And so here's my theory. This guy may have found his purpose. This octopus is pretending to be its friend so that it fucking sucks his face, drowns him, and has a, yeah. a lunch for the next 365 days. I'm not going to lie. I'm like as enthralled as I am by octopus. Also, shout out to dolphins because they're extremely wicked fucking smart, too. Yo, but, for all you um, dolphin listeners. We, we appreciate you. <laughs> yeah. Tell my dolphins. <laughs> but, but seriously, the the like mouth mechanism on octopi um Octopo- tripped uh, me the fuck out, and it's like it's a huge fear of mine to like get anything bitten off by the those things. Dude, female octopi seduce male octopus to have sex, and then they just eat them. What? Yeesh. Yes. They, yeah. They, they eat them. What little sluts? Also, they have like also fun fact: octopuses too. only live for they only live for a year. So, what? really, yeah. why get that smart in a year? That's yeah, it's a, it's actually pretty incredible. And then they 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 reproduce, and after they reproduce, they die. They just Dude, that's uh, not a poof that's into a very cloud long of dust. period of time. Yeah. So, go anyway. Go watch this thing. It, you'll you won't regret it. it I think uh, it was getting. Claimed to be like the best documentary of 2020. So of all time, of all try, time. try 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 of all time. It's not very hard to top best of all time in 2020. High yeah. score. Did I did I break? Did I, what is that good? What does that mean? All right, ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate you as always for joining us here tonight. If you're not already, make sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram for Tom's fire picks. Uh, additionally, make sure to click to subscribe both on iTunes and Spotify so you're staying up to date on our weekly released episodes. And we'll go ahead and kick it off to Shaken, Not Stirred, to play us out with some music. 
Uh, yes, sad stories only today, uh, December 8th, 1980. Uh, so today is the 40-year anniversary of John Lennon getting shot in the back in New York. So we're we going to have to play some John Lennon on our way out of here. RIP, peace, all of those things. He was he was all about it. All about See it. See you all later. Later. He actually listened to Andrew Breck. Yes, he did. Yeah, true. John Lennon does. <laughs>